praising him that's who we're praising guys us too we're not performing we're worshiping the lord so let's have a great worship session together if you've been walking the same old You're 
Sometimes I open with a mini-sermon, so I'm going to open with a mini-sermon. Prison-shaking Savior, right? Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are out preaching the gospel, sharing the truth of Christ. And they're being followed around by a demon-possessed girl. This is in the book of Acts. Being followed around by a demon-possessed girl. And this demon-possessed girl, who is fortune-telling, using uh, the demon as fortune-telling, and she's get, getting great profit for those who own her, uh, owned her. She was a demon-possessed uh, little girl who was a slave. She's following Paul and Silas around screaming, these men have come to proclaim to you the way of salvation. Over and over, day after day. And Paul and Silas finally are like, man, this is just getting annoying. So Paul turns around to her and says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the demon to come out of her. And it comes out of her, and the owners are really upset because they can't make any money anymore. And they have Paul and Silas arrested and thrown into prison. And at midnight, they're put, in, the Bible says, into the inner dungeon, which is the worst part of the prison. And at midnight, you know what Paul and Silas are doing? They're not sitting around moping and whining and crying about being in prison for doing a good deed. They're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what is happening in your life right now today, I am glad that you are here this morning worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? It doesn't matter. And you know what God did? At midnight, he had an earthquake. And guess what happened to the prison walls? They shook and they fell down. And the jailer is about ready to commit suicide. And Paul and Silas say, hey, don't do that. We're still here. And you know what the jailer does? He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because of Paul and Silas, in the midst of whatever turmoil they got going on, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, he uses that, and that Philippian jailer and every member of his household that night is saved and baptized. So, hey, worship the Lord today. Be excited, and it, it, it doesn't matter what you got going on, right? He's a prison-shaking Savior he can make it all good, right? He can, take, he, he can take the worst situations in our life and turn them around for good and glorify him. So, hey, be excited to worship our Lord and Savior today. I am. I am. I'm thankful for your, uh, that you're here this morning. Let's open with prayer, and then we're going to have our welcoming uh, time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that we're here uh, with our brothers and sisters, with you today, to lift our voices in praise to you and honor uh, of you today. And we're going to worship you, Lord, in song today. We're going to worship you in, in giving, Lord, and being thankful for what you've provided for us, uh, Lord. We're going to worship you by reading your word today uh, and, and talking about, uh, Lord, as you're working your way up. Uh, you are working your way up towards Jerusalem to take our sins on the cross. Lord, we're going to talk about what you did in Jericho. 
and where your mind was as you're walking towards Jerusalem, that you are thinking about people who are lost and in sin. And so, Lord, as we talk about uh, Zacchaeus today, I pray, God, that you're glorified and honored. And, Lord, I love you this morning. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters here this morning. I'm thankful for my family. Uh, God, I'm thankful for the many blessings. I'm thankful for the trials uh, in life, Lord, that we can grow in our faith, and our faith becomes even more dependent upon you. God, I love you, and I worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
right, we're going we're gonna, to uh, get in here and praise the Lord again. But first, I would like to dedicate a birthday song to a awesome little girl named Lillian Matthew. Woo! If y'all would join me, let's sing her happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lillian. Happy birthday to you. Happy
You may be seated this morning. Um, tell you what, I'm not going to preach another sermon, but if well, I will here in a minute, but not right now. <laughs> you want to see the glory of God go out in His creation. The grass is greening up outside. Spring is here. Take a youth and go shoot a big gobbler next weekend on youth turkey season. Get outside and enjoy the glory of our Lord and Savior. Oh, man, amazing. All right, announcements. Let me get through this. Women's ministry announcements. Women, ladies, coffee uh, at Mom's Cafe for coffee and breakfast Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, this week. And also the women's ministry shirts are, are in. If you ordered one, please go see Valerie. If you didn't and you see these ladies wearing these awesome shirts around, you can still get one. Go to Sport Shack, right on the square there. They have the patterns. Let them know you're from Crossbridge and you want a shirt. Uh, it, you can pick different colors, whatever you want. They have the pattern. You'll have to pay for it there. Uh, they have crew neck long sleeve shirts and regular t-shirts. So if you, if you want one, you still got an opportunity to go get one because they have the pattern uh, there. Softball game, Monday night at 8.15. We play First Baptist Church of Stratford. Uh, this week. Last week, the softball team uh, won. They beat another church 29 to 1. I don't know. We got a good softball team. So if you want to see some good softball action, go, come on Monday nights uh, over uh, to the park on A Highway. I uh, want to remind you, we got some outreaches coming up uh, in May. We've got one coming up in May. Please see Mike Simons if you want to help with that. We'll have some flyers that we're going to start passing out. Uh, and, and going and talking with people. The week of it, we're going to have uh, teams that will go out and share the gospel with people and talk to people. Uh, but every Saturday night here at the church, we have an evangelistic service. It's, it's, it's called Freeway Ministries. We have dinner at 5.30, and the service starts at 6 o'clock. So if you know someone that is lost, that needs Christ, maybe they're struggling with addiction in their life, drug and alcohol addiction, get them here. Get them here. That means you have to pick them up and bring them here, pick them up, bring them here. Do whatever you can uh, to get them here where we can talk to them and share the gospel with them. Um, it's, it's an amazing service. Uh, Mike does a great job leading that, uh, so, so bring them here. Men's Bible study, discipleship this afternoon at 4.30, Bible study uh, at 6 o'clock. Well, updates on Good Friday service and Easter, that's going to be here before we know it. Good Friday service is at 7 p.m., 7 p.m. on Good Friday. Uh, we have an Easter egg hunt for the kiddos to follow. Do we need any more candy or are we good on candy? 
Good on candy. So you brought in enough candy. Good job on that. So please come to the Good Friday service. Mike Estelle is going to be bringing the, uh, the, the message that night, uh, and we'll take communion with one another. Uh, so I, I'm excited a, a about that. And then Easter morning, we have sunrise service at 7.30 a.m. Uh, here at the church. And then we'll have breakfast with one another at 8 uh, on Easter morning. And then we have our normal worship service in Sunday school at 9 and at 10. So I encourage you, um, come Easter morning, obviously. Without resurrection morning... We don't have Christianity. Without Jesus' resurrection, there's no reason to be here. So it's a, it's a glorious day for us to celebrate uh, in that. Something else we also got going on, we have the, the Baptist Associational Revival. That is going to be April 16th through the 17th. They ask if we would host it this year. Uh, it starts on a Sunday evening at 6.30 every single night. It's going to be Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to preach the Sunday night service, and then we have some really good guys coming in to preach uh, throughout the week. Gary Deadman is one. He pastors at Diggins Baptist Church. His son, Grant, is uh, the youth pastor. And then we have Eric Neeson, who pastors at Henderson Baptist Church. He's going to be preaching another night. So what is revival about? Revival is about the church. Uh, it is for us to hey, get excited about Christ again. So you don't have to come every night if you don't want to, but I encourage you to come and fellowship, meet some of your other brothers and sisters uh, that, that have uh, other bodies of believers around our county, and you can fellowship with them. It'll be a great week, but that is April 16th uh, through the 19th. Nick, where's Nick at? Hey, this is something I was excited to do today. Uh, Nick, Nick graduated. He graduated the freeway program. He's, he's doing good. He's now in the Timothy Project. Well, the Timothy Project is getting these guys ready to do ministry. It's, it's starting to bring them along to do ministry. Maybe take a freeway. You got anything you want to say really quick? I honestly couldn't do this without any of y'all, without the body of believers, without my family, without my, my discipler, without Christ. I, I love you all, and I thank you all for helping me change and helping me grow. Amen. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I love you, too. Congratulations. Okay, this Wednesday night, I do have this note, uh, this Wednesday night, instead of having normal classes like we normally do, we're going to have something we call uh, church Bible drill. So, or it's, a, it's association, no, it's church, right? Church Bible drill this, this Wednesday night. So we have, how many you got? Ten? We have ten kids that have been studying 25 verses, ten key passages, memorizing their books of the Bible in order. They're going to be competing to advance to the association Bible drill the church drill is going to be here Wednesday night, upstairs during our normal class time. These kids have worked hard, so I encourage you on Wednesday nights, we have dinner with one another at 6 o'clock, and then at 6.45, we have youth classes and kids classes. We're going to come up here Wednesday night and watch these kids uh, and cheer them on. So I encourage you, uh, I, I, this is what it will do. It will put you to shame, is what it will do, because... Uh, if they can memorize scripture and know scripture and hide it in their heart, so can we, right? Uh, so, so we get to do that Wednesday night. I think I covered all the announcements. Anything else that I forgot? Please, please be in prayer. Uh, please be in prayer for Terry Ragsdale. He is in KU Medical Center right now, um, going to be going through treatment for leukemia. So please pray for Terry Ragsdale. Uh, also for Crystal and Nikki, Glenda, and their family, uh, as Richard is now rejoicing in heaven. Um, and I know it's, it's hard, and we're going to pray for them. Uh, 
we'll let, update the church on service times or what the family decides tomorrow. But just keep them in your prayers. And we, I love you guys. Anything you need, you know this church is here for you. Uh, but hey, I got to visit with him Wednesday. I'm telling you, he was ready to go. He was ready to go uh, to see our Lord Jesus. And so I'm excited about that for him. Uh, and if we could, if he could come back right now, he wouldn't, church. He wouldn't. So he wouldn't. All right, so I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We'll take up our morning offering and have our time of worship before we jump into God's word uh, together. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you and just for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you. To worship you in spirit and in truth. To worship you in our giving, uh, God. God, I pray that we give joyfully and cheerfully this morning and not under compulsion, but because what you've blessed us with. I pray that we're good managers. That's all we are. Everything belongs to you, uh, including every dime across this uh, world. Uh, all we are is managers, so I pray that we're good managers. Lord, I, I pray that you use this to, to share the gospel, the truth with people all around the world, in our local level, uh, in the national level, and through our missionaries that we fund around the world. I pray for our missionaries as they're sharing the truth around the world. We're called to take that message around the world, and we take that very serious here. So, Lord, I pray for that. Bless us today as we enter a time of worship today where we lift our voices in song to you. It is not, Lord, how we sound or how good we can make it uh, in worship. It's about just praising you and singing to you and giving you all the praise and all the glory because you deserve it. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Because of you. 
guys have to bear with us on this one. I love this song, Valerie. but it, it speaks so fast. <laughs> we need Valerie. She's the one that sings the fast stuff. So, so we got it down a little bit, but. <laughs> we need your help. Marty, you have to sing loud. <laughs> I've been wandering through the desert. Ain't seen light forever over me. But I believe the rain is coming. Your love never fails to freeze. I build a boat in the desert place, and when the floods and the water starts to rise, yeah, I'll ride the storm because I got you by my side. With your wind in my sails, your love never fails to freeze. I build a boat so let it rain. Your love never fails to fix. 
I build a boat in the desert place, and when the flood and the water start to rise, yeah, I'll ride the storm because I got you by my side. With your wind in my sails, your love never fails or fades. I build a boat so let it rain. That was the auctioneer song. That's what we're calling that. Okay, All right. our our childrens, our, our kids, second grade and below, they can go downstairs this morning to Children's Church if they'd like to. Um, yeah. So so that song reminded me. Here I go again. That that song reminded me of the movie Facing the Giants. And you remember the football coach is in his office, and the guy who prays for the school all the time, walking down the hall praying for the schools. He walks in his office and he says, "There's two farmers. One." goes out and prepares his fields, expecting God to bring the rain. It's in drought. The other farmer, he doesn't prepare his fields because it's droughtful. And he says, which farmer are you? Like, that's us. Like, that literally is us. And I, I prayed this morning before you came, you've pre prepared your fields to receive God's word today. So turn to your Bibles. Let's, let's honor God's word by, by reading it together standing. Luke chapter uh, seven, uh, 19, excuse me, Luke 19 1 through 10. Luke 19, 1 through 10. One of my favorite stories in Scripture. I say this a lot, but it just is. I reference this a lot. Luke 19, 1 through 10. It says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning. God, for your word, I thank you for our worship team leading us in song and praise of you of this morning. And uh, Lord, today is not, and every day is not about us. It's not about anybody who's standing behind this pulpit. It's not about anybody but you. And our focus should be on you this morning. And Lord, we have so much we can learn from this passage that we remember uh, in song, from the children's song when we were little and we sing it. Uh, God, there's so much here. And Lord, I, I, I thank you that you taught us what you were focused on as you're heading to Jerusalem to give your life for us to pay our sin debt. And Lord, I pray this morning, I pray that we are not a church that blocks people out from you. We are a church that brings people to you because you came to seek and save the lost. God, I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. just want to say last week, Mike, uh, from the pulpit, that Mike did an amazing job in bringing the word and laying uh, what was on his heart. And I think we are truly blessed as a church that we have people that will share the truth of God's word with boldness uh, here. Uh, and Dave, uh, thank you for posting the link 
uh, on, uh, of the Freeway podcast where you can listen to Mike's testimony. I encourage you to go back to last week's sermon and listen to Mike's testimony that's on there. Uh, it is amazing how God is using you, and I thank you, brother, for, for last week. I really do. Um, so today, today I want to I keep going on this kind of little mini-series. You know, we're, we'll get back to preaching through books, what I like to do after Easter. But uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate Good Friday. And we're going we're gonna to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, paying that sin debt that we owed. That he on the cross took our sins and he paid for it. And then a couple days later, we're going to celebrate uh, Easter. And then him proving that he was God in flesh. Proving that he was the perfect sacrifice by defeating sin and death by his resurrection. His resurrection, the life of Jesus and his resurrection is the greatest event in history. And it is God's proof of who Jesus was. It's proof that Jesus was God in flesh. I said this earlier, if the resurrection didn't happen, we're not here. There's no point in being here. Christianity would be false. Either Jesus was God in flesh, who proved it by being resurrected, or he was the craziest man that ever lived. Those are your only two choices. That's the only way you can look at the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, on his way to the cross, Jesus has his eyes focused on Jerusalem and, and his death on the cross. Um, there's, there's some people, there's some figures in this story. Uh, it is one of my favorites. Uh, and I, I know I say that a lot of time, a lot of times, but this is the story of Zacchaeus and there's several key figures in this. Uh, and it also shows us the heart of Jesus as he's heading to the cross. He's not thinking about what he's about ready to endure. He's thinking about seeking and saving those who need him, those who are broken over their sin, who, who, who need Christ. Um, in this, there are three kind of main figures, and they're going to be my three points today. The first one is Zacchaeus himself. The, in Hebrew, it's pretty amazing, but his name means pure and innocence. I want to start by just looking at some facts about Zacchaeus. The Bible does say, as we learn in the children's song, that he was short in stature. Uh, we don't know people back then were a lot shorter uh, than, than we are today. So I don't know how tall he was, but it says he was short in stature. Uh, and, I, and I think about Zacchaeus and if physically he is different and it stands out that he is much different. Maybe how his childhood would have been, his teenage years that kids can be very, very mean. That maybe Zacchaeus was probably picked on a little bit. He was probably thought of as the little guy uh, that, that he was kind of ostracized. Uh, you know, ladies, well, we don't want to date some little guy, right? We like the big, tall, strong guy. So he, he's probably been picked on a little bit. Uh, he, he's probably, Zacchaeus, is probably upset at the world as he's growing up. He has a lot of anger built up inside of him. That people had rejected him, possibly hated him. I'm not jumping to conclusions because why else would Zacchaeus take a job like he did? Zacchaeus took a job. He was a tax collector. What was a tax collector then? A tax collector was someone who was Jewish that worked for the Romans. He worked for the enemy. And he would tax people. He would tell people what their tax was. And tax collectors were notorious for if the Romans said you owed $100, he would say you owed $120. And he would pocket the rest of the money. So he would steal from people, his own people. And, and people hated him because of that. Tax collectors were not loved at all. People hated them. Matthew, who Jesus calls, book of Matthew, 
was a tax collector. So Jesus has uh, tells us a little bit about Jesus' heart and who he goes after. Um, but sitting around, we're talking to our kids as they're growing up. We talk about a lot of things in my house. We really do, and I'm sure you do in yours. We talk about what the kids want to be when they grow up. Savannah wants to become an assistant uh, physical therapist. Sydney loves animals, uh, so I, I don't know, possibly a vet or something, right? Hunter wants to be a basketball or football player. Uh, not once have my kids ever said they want to be a thief, a murderer, a tax collector, a traitor, right? He, Zacchaeus is literally looked at like a traitor, like Benedict Arnold. If you don't know who Benedict Arnold is, I like history. Do a little digging on Benedict Arnold, right? But that's how he's viewed. Because he has he is abandoned his own people and he sided with the Romans. That's exactly what he was. He stole money from his own people. So he, there's probably a little bit of Zacchaeus that thought, you all deserve this. I have anger in my life and so I'm going to be this because I want to get rich. I'm going to treat you badly because you've treated me badly. Zacchaeus had major sin in his life. He was not somebody that people would try to recruit as the model Christian. He was not somebody that they would have liked to have talked to at all. He was living a life that was in sin. And Zacchaeus knew it. He knew it. Why else would Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? Why else would Zacchaeus want to see our Lord? Sure, he had heard about Jesus. A lot of people, the crowds were big in Jericho. The crowds were so big he had to climb a tree. But he knew there was something different about Jesus. He didn't reject people. They didn't have to meet a certain qualification. What did Jesus do? He showed love to people. He went out of his way and he showed love to people. He ate with tax collectors. Zacchaeus knew there was something different about Jesus. He knew, he knew that he was not a good person. We talk about that a lot in here. Zacchaeus knew. He knew he was wrong. He didn't need some self-righteous or righteous church member telling him that. Zacchaeus was searching out, wanted to see the Lord Jesus. He was searching for Jesus. Listen, I'm telling you, I believe with all my heart, church, that there's no greater time in the world today that, that we don't have people like Zacchaeus that are looking for answers. They're looking for answers. They are literally looking through answers. Turn to that book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I want to read to you just three verses. It's verses 35 through 38. It says, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I'm telling you, I don't believe there's been any time in our history where the harvest is not more plentiful than it is right now. Especially in our own area. With the sin 
that is being promoted, the lifestyles that are being promoted. Jesus is walking through Jericho. Jericho's a massive city, hundreds of thousands potentially of people. This is the only recorded thing that the Bible says Jesus did in Jericho. After he leaves Jericho, he's on a road, he heals a blind man named Bartimaeus. In Jericho, this is the only recorded thing that he does. Now, we know that the, the, the apostles say that it, all the books could not contain all the wonderful things that Jesus did. But this is the only thing that scripture teaches us that Je Jesus did. It's a huge city. And who's he focused on? He's focused on Zacchaeus. A thief. A sinner. A tax collector. Listen church, who should we be focused on? Those who are lost. Not ourselves. Not ourselves. Not ourselves. You know why we shouldn't be so focused on ourselves? Because we didn't do anything anyway. We can't claim our own righteousness. It's Christ. So we, at this time and every time of the year, should be focused on people like Zacchaeus, who are lost. The harvest is plentiful with Zacchaeus's. The laborers are few. We have to be a church of laborers. That's the first. Now here's the second. There's a whole lot of people in this crowd. A whole lot of people. Go back to Luke 19. In fact, the crowd, there's so many people, Zacchaeus is blocked out. Vast crowds of people are following Jesus. They love to see Jesus perform miracles. They loved it. Jesus would feed people. And, they'd, and, and they would go and just watch Jesus. To most of them... It was purely entertainment. It's just a way of entertainment. Also, there's crowds that are following Jesus to Passover in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. These crowds are not concerned with the kingdom. They're not concerned with people like Zacchaeus. They didn't care about men like him. They hated men like him. How do I know? Look what they did. Look what they did. They kept him away from Jesus. They tried to keep them away, the vast crowds. They blocked people out. They created a long, I think of a long barricade of people, almost like a parade route through a city. Like you see on our 4th of July, as the 4th of July parade comes through, right? There's thousands of people that are on our square trying to see the parade. That's, what they're, that's Jesus. He's walking through. There's thousands of people wanting to see. They wanted to see what was going on. Zacchaeus has to climb a tree. They wanted to be what? First in line. I want to make sure that I'm the first. It's an attitude problem. It's almost like a power struggle. Shove everyone back because I want to be in front of the line. It reminded me, me and Hunter went up and watched the Chiefs win the AFC Championship this year. I'm not a Chiefs fan, I'm sorry for you all that are visiting. But me and Hunter went to the AFC Championship this year. And we parked. Uh, well, you, you don't have special parking. You just drive in, and it's expensive to park. And we parked in like a dirt field, and it's like $60 to park. And I'm like, $60 to park in a dirt field? But there's thousands, thousands of cars. Well, after the Chiefs had won, I'm especially ready to go home. <laughs> right? And as you're leaving, there are tons of people and cars trying to get out. A couple of little bitty exits. And there is not hospitality being shown. 
Everybody is, in fact, I saw like two cars were two inches away from each other, about ready to hit one another. Uh, I, you remember that, Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, I think one car actually did bump another one, right? I mean, it's crazy. They are all up against one another because they are first in line. I got to be the first one out. And I sat in a pretty big pickup. I mean, you th- I think about, you know, being Bigfoot and running over some folks, but I didn't. I just waited my turn, and it took us about an hour to get out of there. But that was the same mentality of what you see in this crowd. This can happen in the church, it can happen in the church. Where people start to think it's about them and their opinion and what's important to them. And you know what they start to do? Push others to the back. Push others to the back. People that need Christ. You see, the crowd is much like that church. Listen, when we see people, they're going to be messy. They're going. Listen, we should never church expect people who are lost to act like they're followers of Christ. People who live in sin aren't going to be polished and aren't going to be, they're, they're not, they don't know. So we can't expect them or hold them to some kind of standard, right? They're going to be dirty. And when I think of dirty, I think of mud. And it reminded me of something that happened years ago. We're about ready to have turkey season. I'm excited to take Hunter next weekend. I love the turkey hunt. And, and we're about ready to go. Several years ago, a buddy of mine has a really big cattle operation, and he rents a lot of land, and sometimes I'll go hunting on some of it. Well, there's this big dirt alley that leads, or lane that leads up to one of his pieces of property, where I've killed some big turkeys. And I drove up that lane, and I probably shouldn't have, because it was muddy. And even though I had four-wheel drive, I buried my truck. And I was stuck. And I picked up the phone call, being stuck and covered in mud, and I called him, and I said, hey, I'm stuck, and he brought a tractor over, pulled me out, right, he didn't look at me and say, he probably did laugh at me a little bit, but he he didn't look at me and say, oh, you're covered in mud, I don't want to have anything to do with that, listen, that's, that can be the church when we see people, when we see people, tax collectors, sinners, they're going to be dirty, We should not drive by them and leave them stuck in the mud. We should pull over and make room, open the gates so they can see Jesus. So we can share the truth of the gospel with them. We can share the truth of who Christ is. Listen, these are the people that we need to have every Saturday and every Sunday hearing the gospel message. So here's my question this morning. As the crowd, how many Zacks do you have in your life? How many Zacchaeuses do you have in your life? And what are you doing right now to share the truth of the gospel with them? What are you doing? What are you doing to see that they come to know the Savior? Remember, people that don't know Jesus are going to look like Zacchaeus. Can't say that enough. They're going to lie, cheat, steal. Listen, so did you and me before we came to Christ. We look the same. It's the same. What we should do is open our door to them. Open our door. Invite them. Listen, I'm telling you, there's nothing better than when you have poured into somebody 
and shared the truth of the gospel with them. And you're scattering those seeds, as Jesus tells us. When you and, he, and the Lord gives you the opportunity, when he brings growth in them, and they're saved. There's nothing better than that. You talk about getting you fired up for the Lord Jesus Christ, that will do it. I'm not going to read the whole passage for the sake of time, but what we shouldn't be like is Matthew 23, 1 through 12. There's your homework. I want you to read that later today. People who are self-righteous, who think that we, we're good, we have it all figured out because we're Christians, and we're, we got it all. No, we don't have it all figured out. We don't, we don't have it all put together. We're simply forgiven by our Lord. That's it. And we should be pointing people to that. Listen, none of us, none of us, me being the chief one, have nothing to brag about this morning other than our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Whoever exalts himself, that passage says, will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Our attitude should be one of, hey, all I am is forgiven. And this is what God forgave me from. And he can forgive anybody. He can forgive anybody. All right, finally, the third point, And the most important thing here, most important figure, is Jesus himself. Jesus had no problem being in the company of Zacchaeus. Jesus sought him out. You know, this is the only time in Scripture when Jesus invites himself into somebody's house been invited several times this is the only time that Jesus says I'm going to your house today Jesus invited himself into Zacchaeus's house so what does that tell us that tells us that Jesus was working on Zacchaeus's heart long before that day how do we know that that's why Zacchaeus climbed the tree that's why Zacchaeus climbed the tree Zacchaeus's heart had been prepared for salvation. God was working in his life. Listen, nobody else in that crowd knew that God had been working on Zacchaeus. Just God. Me and you do not know who God is working on right now in their heart. We have no clue. So what's our responsibility? Just scatter the seeds. Just share the truth. Share the truth of who Jesus is. In verse 8, Jesus taught Zacchaeus that the only way to salvation was a relationship with him. Jesus wanted Zacchaeus to believe in him. He wanted to change his life. And let me tell you this morning, he wants to change yours. He wants to change yours. Jesus wants us to show that we love him by our actions. It's not the actions that save us. It's not the actions that save us. As followers of Christ, our actions should show Christ after we've had a relationship with him because he changes us. Why did salvation come to Zacchaeus? Because he put his faith and trust in who Jesus was. And you know what? His actions were going to show that. What did Zacchaeus do after he believed in the Lord Jesus? The law required a penalty of one-fifth as restitution. So what was Zacchaeus doing? A lot more than required. He went above and beyond, above and beyond. Zacchaeus judged his crime and his sins so severely, he put himself in the same category as a common robber or thief. 
He went to everybody that he had stole from, everybody that he had done wrong, and he made it right. Do we do that? Do we do that? Do we make our wrongs right? It reminds me of my sweet mother. She's not here today. She has a church family that her and my father serve at. Many of you know her. When she was a little girl, they don't have too many ice cream trucks anymore. Probably for cost of fuel and thanks, Joe, for ruining ice cream trucks. I don't know. But they don't have very many ice cream trucks anymore. And the ice cream truck rings the place of songs, right? And all the kids run out in the street. My mom, when she was a little kid, said when they'd buy ice cream, they'd always give you a piece of bubble gum. And one day, she went out. My grandma's pretty hardcore. You're not getting ice cream every day. But all the kids were in line getting ice cream. And my mom went up to that bucket of gum and snatched a piece. Threw it in her pocket. I don't know. She probably wasn't much older than Hunter. That night, she had every intention on chewing that gum. And that night, she went to bed. And oh, she was convicted. I stole that gum. And that gum was burning a hole in her pocket all night. Because she knows she had done wrong. Because she was a Christian. That next day, when the ice cream truck showed up, you know what my mom did? She ran out there as fast as she could and gave that gum back. She made it wrong right. She knew she was wrong. We as believers, when we sin against somebody, when we are convicted of our sin, we should humble ourselves and tell people about that. And go and make those wrongs right. Go and make those wrongs right. Because why? You're a new creation. Zacchaeus, Jesus made Zacchaeus a new creation. What does he do with us? 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, If anyone belongs to Christ, he has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. We're living in a world right now that will tell us a lot of garbage about heaven and hell. They will tell you that it's okay to live in sin. They will, be, they will tell you to be accepting of other gods. They will tell you that it's okay to live like Zacchaeus. We are in a time where people are going to follow false teaching. Teaching that will tickle their ears. They will follow their own desires. I'm here to tell you today that there is salvation in no one else. Only through Christ. You can only, listen to me, you can only go to heaven through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not being a nice guy. Only by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. And he's concerned with sinners like Zacchaeus. He's not concerned about himself. What an example for us to follow, brothers and sisters. What an example. That we care more about a lost and dying world than we do ourselves. In fact, Jesus says, you really want to worship me? It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Die to yourself. Become a living sacrifice. That's holy and acceptable to God. That's your spiritual worship. Die to what your desires are to live for Christ. That's true worship. I don't think of a better way than church. We can celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ for what he did for us on the cross. Than not us dying to ourselves to live for him. Counting others as more important. That's what Jesus did. He counted others more important than himself. I'm going to ask our worship team to come today. A couple of questions I want to ask you before we have an invitation time.
I don't beg people to come to Christ. I share the truth with them and I let the Holy Spirit work. But if you're here this morning and you need Christ, if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would tell you today, today is the day of salvation. I'm telling you that we're here one instance and we're gone the next. I don't know when my appointment with God's going to be, but I have an appointment, so do you. It's appointed unto man to die, and after that, the judgment. I told someone last night, I'll never forget this story, when me and Mike and Joel went over to that house. We're trying to minister to a family. They were, they were electricians about ready to get electrocuted, and we were sharing the gospel with people. And a guy in the front room, you remember it, Mike? A guy in the front room heard the message. He didn't say anything. An hour and a half later, he leaves that house and he's killed in the car wreck. I pray that we're all safe when we get home today, right? But you never know. Are you ready for your appointment with God? Are you ready? The second, there are people here that probably are not doing things according to God's word right now in their life. Maybe you've gotten off track. You need to refocus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're one of those ones that blocking people out by the way you're living your life, by the way you treat people. I love, listen, I love that we serve a Savior that allows us to make U-turns when we get off track and allows us to come back. What a merciful God we serve. Maybe you're here today. Listen, and you, may, you, need, to, you need to make the commitment to serve in this local body, to come and use your gifts and talents to serve the kingdom. That's what being a part of a local body of believers is. It's not getting to come and for an hour and listen to the preacher rant and rave and holler for an hour. It's about you serving, sharing the truth of the gospel with people. You can do that here. Have a conversation with me. Tell me about when you became a follower of Christ. We go through a new member class. We're going to be starting another new member class in, in May. Encourage you today, if you're not a part of a local body of believers, to plug in to serve. To use your talents and gifts. Serve the kingdom. We're all, listen, I know we have a tendency, I do too, to try to store up our treasures here on earth. We get busy with business. We, we, we focus on things. And none of that matters. I'm telling you, telling you. Let me use Richard as an example. Richard's in heaven this week. You know what we're going to talk about this week? His family, what kind of dad and husband he was, what kind of follower of Christ he was. Amazing that at 80 years old, he professed Jesus as his Lord and Savior and we baptized him and he's in heaven, right? At 80. That's what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about what kind of business he had or anything else. And they're not going to talk about that with you either. Are you storing up treasure in heaven? I'm asking you to stand this morning. If you need to come... I'm more than happy to pray with you. You can come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for the example that you gave us in this amazing passage that you searched out Zacchaeus. You knew you went after him. You did not go eat dinner that day with a preacher or a deacon or any church member. You went and ate, Lord, with someone who was lost and needed you. That is our example, Lord, and I thank you for that example this morning. God, I love you. I thank you for this church body. It is an absolute honor and privilege to get to serve you, and it's an honor and a privilege, my God, 
to, to get to preach your word, and that, Lord, we live in a country where we can still freely do that. There may be a time where we're heavily persecuted for being here. We need to be okay with that, too. Because in everything, God, we love you. We want to point people to you. My prayer this morning, God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, they don't leave here without knowing you. Us as a church that we focus on what you focused on this Easter. It's not ourselves. It's not a massive production up here. Nothing to do with that. It's all about you and what you did for us on the cross. God, I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest.
guys. Here's a benediction for today. It's Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's no longer us who lives. It's Christ living in us. My prayer as we approach Easter church is that we're living that out, that we're sharing the truth. We, we, there's about, I don't know, 40,000 people in Webster County. If you count up the number that are in churches worshiping, biblical churches worshiping today, not very many. The harvest is plentiful. Will you be a worker? Will you be a worker? I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to close a little bit different today. I'm going to ask Nikki and Crystal and their family if they'd come up here. Would you guys come up here? I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask the church. We, we, uh, one, of our, one of our church members passed away this week. He's in heaven. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what no eye has seen, no heart of man can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even fathom how amazing it is for Richard right now. I'm going to ask church circle up this morning. We're going to pray for this family, and then you'll be dismissed. I want you guys to know we love you. That's why we're doing this. And we're here for you. Everybody grab a hand. As we close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you God for this morning. I thank you for our time that we could spend worshiping you. Lord, as we leave here today, I, I pray that you keep us uh, under your protection, God. Keep us from sin. Uh, Lord, help us when we're tempted. Lord, I pray uh, for this family. I pray for Richard's family this morning. I pray that they have a peace that just passes all understanding. That, that they know, uh, Lord, that, and we know with confidence where Richard is. I'm thankful, God, that at 80 years old, he came one night and had questions about salvation. And Lord, I'm, I'm gonna, I told him Wednesday that I was going to use when he became a follower of yours for the rest of my time in ministry. And as I close in prayer this morning, I want to use it. That he told me, I just, I've done so many horrible things. I don't know that God could ever forgive me. And the, and, and the time I got to spend with him sharing the truth of Jesus, that, uh, of who you are, that you search people out just like Richard, just like Zacchaeus, just like all of us in, the, in this room, that you saved us. And Lord, I'm thankful that Wednesday... His last thing he said to me was just share the gospel with people. So I want to honor him and honor you by that this morning. Be with this family. Let them know we love them and care for them and we're praying for them. And we're going to be there to support them in any way that we can. God, as we leave here today, we worship you and we praise you. That when we take our last breath here on this earth, we are then present with you. And so, Lord, I'm thankful that that, that hope and that promise is for Richard. 
God, be with us. We worship you. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Guys, have an amazing day in the Lord. I love you.